Faith in the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's January 10th, 2019, and this is Episode 8. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, MoviesPastAndPresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. Happy New Year, everyone. This is our first episode of 2019. New in theaters this week, starting on Jan- Friday, January 11th, are a couple of films. First up is A Dog's Way Home, which is a family film from Columbia Pictures. It's directed by Charles Martin Smith. Now, this movie is based on a book by the American author W. Bruce Cameron. Now, Cameron also wrote the books A Dog's Purpose and A Dog's Journey. A Dog's Purpose was made into a movie in 2017, and it follows this uh, dog that gets basically reincarnated and and uh, how he looks through, for purpose through each of his lives with his different humans. And this particular movie follows a, a bit of a different narrative, it appears. It is a uh, heartwarming adventure starring a dog named Bella, which is voiced by the actress Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, Bella gets separated from her owner and uh, embarks on an epic 400-mile journey across the U.S. after um, again after being separated from her beloved human. This is based on uh, a book too and if you've seen the trailer it looks like you've probably we've seen the whole movie <laughs> so <laughs> I would assume there's going to be a happy ending but uh, Bella like befriends some kind of like a mountain lion they it looks like they become BFFs and Bella saves other people along the way she saves like an avalanche victim and there's other kind of drama going on it frankly it looks to me like it's a remake of of uh, the walt disney film the incredible journey from 1963 if you remember that one that had two dogs and a cat they get separated from their humans and uh there was also a remake of that one in 1993 called homeward bound the incredible journey and i was actually happy to be reminded of those films because um you know, Disney's been in the remake business for a long time. I, I've got to remember that. Uh, still, I digress. So there might be some additional peril or, and surprises in the film other than what we saw in the trailer, but we'll see. So A Dog's Way Home is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association of America for thematic elements, some peril, and language. Next up is The Upside, which is a comedy drama from STX Entertainment. It's directed by the American director Neil Berger. Uh, Berger directed The Illusionist in 2006, that uh, film with Edward Horton, Limitless in 2011, that I believe starred Bradley Cooper. And then he also directed the very first Divergent film uh, in 2014. So this film, The Upside, is actually uh, it's a remake of a French film. And this French film came out in 2011. It was called uh, The Untouchables. 
but it was inspired by a by a, a real life story. Um, actually, f f what I found is that this is the third remake of of this French film, The Untouchables. There was one done uh, in India, and also one done in Argentina. So now America gets its own version. So the summary is that it's a heartfelt comedy about a recently paroled ex-convict who is played by Kevin Hart, who strikes up an unlikely friendship with a paralyzed billionaire who is played by Brian Cranston. The film also stars Nicole Kidman. Uh, it's rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for suggestive content and drug use. It looks to me like I mean, the, previews look, the previews look good. It could be a pretty solid you know, comedy drama, and uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, there was one film that snuck in last week. I didn't do a podcast last week, but uh, it opened up on, on Friday, January 3rd. It's uh, called Escape Room. This is also from Columbia Pictures. It's a mystery slash psychological thriller about six strangers who find themselves in circumstances beyond their control and must use their wits to find the clues or die. <laughs> so, um, this is not going to be my thing, so I, I hope people are uh, are enjoying Escape Room. But it's, it's rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for terror slash perilous action, violence, some suggestive material, and language. And then finally... Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which, you know, the wildly popular movie about Freddie Mercury and Queen that, uh, you know, opened up last fall, it now has a sing-along version. So, so in our market here in Salt Lake City, it just showed, it's, it's, it's now, uh, on screens and, you know, I, I, I've talked about this movie in the past. It's, 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 I think it's an imperfect film, but. A sing-along version could be really fun. Uh, you can just go release your inner rock star and and uh, enjoy that great music again, which again I think was the best part of of the film. So, so uh, a dog's way home, the upside, and then escape room and Bohemian Rhapsody sing-along version, uh, new in theaters. For our review section, I was able to see a lot of films over the holiday break, as, as I had hoped, and I put some brief reviews of these of these movies on my Twitter feed. Um, uh, it's the Movies Past and Present Twitter feed, which is at Movies P-A-P, as in past and present. So if you're interested, you can just you can check those out and get get some ratings. The, the film I'd like to talk about uh, in today's podcast is is uh, Vice, which I was able to see this week. It is a uh, biopic of sorts about Dick Cheney, who, as we all know, was vice president of the United States during the George W. Bush presidency. Now, Adam McKay uh, directed the, uh, the 2015 film The Big Short, which was about the uh, 2000. 
eight financial crisis in in, in the U.S. And, and really around the world. But uh, he follows a very similar narrative style in Vice as he did in The Big Short, where he's got some interesting narrators and some different different things that he employs to get his uh, points across. And it's it's really, I think it's the filmmaking is really. Uh, compelling and interesting the uh, of course the film stars Christian Bale as Dick Cheney who as I'm sure you've seen underwent a, a pretty great physical transformation he put on a lot of weight and and they use a lot of different you know makeup and things for him to to really age him to look like Dick Cheney and Christian Bale is such a good actor of course and he does he does a very good job about playing the the rather understated but quite calculating man that, that, that Dick Cheney really appeared to be. So uh, the filmmakers to, you know, Adam McKay and team, of course they come at it from a, quite a liberal bent, self-admittedly. Uh, but I also think, and I mean, they express this, and I, I think it's true after having watched it, that they were also devoted to really finding the truth about about everything as, as as well as they could, given that they don't have access to all of the facts, and of course a lot of these people aren't talking or or or, or whatnot. So you need to save the VN credits for a little <laughs> kind of a joke and a sad kind of a sad commentary about the state of our country today uh, with regards to. Uh, you know their their interpretation of Dick Cheney's uh, life and, and and times. It's a bit of a rough watch in a lot of ways because, again, they they you know they're going through things that we lived we lived through that were horrible and hard. Uh, the nine eleven attacks, the Iraq War, and and uh, you know a lot of the Bush presidency, which was. It just you know, you know, it's just a, you know, very difficult and challenging time for for the country. Uh, Cheney is not really uh, portrayed in a very flattering light. Of course, I think that they again were trying to to go for the truth, but again, he's portrayed as a very devoted husband and loyal family man. But behind the scenes, a very ruthless, yet quiet uh, politician and actor on the world stage. One of the things that the film does, and you know, I mean, not necessarily a, a spoiler alert, but there's a montage near the end of the film about things that happened that happened in the country and in the world after the Bush presidency. And I thought in a way that the filmmakers were pointing the blame at Dick Cheney for a lot of the bad things that have happened. And I don't think that necessarily, and again, I could have been mis misinterpreting that whole segment. I really don't think that Dick Cheney was responsible for all of, all of the world's problems. Uh, I don't think he helped much uh, either. Uh, again, he comes across as a pretty... Uh, ambitious guy, both he and and his wife Lynn, who is expertly played by Amy Adams. She's she's terrific, actually. All the act, all the actors are great in the film. Uh, 
Uh, but it just reminded me of of this oft-used quote by the British writer Lord Acton, which is, power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are almost always bad men, even when they exercise influence and not authority. Still more when you super-add the tendency of the certainty of corruption by authority. Just That just kept going through my mind as I was watching uh, this this film unfold and again to be reminded of a lot of a lot of bad events so i think i can't just say just run out and go see uh vice because again it's 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 a, it's a pretty rough it's pretty rough uh as far as you know there's some bad language and also just the, the, the difficulty of seeing some of these or, or reliving some of these hard hard historical events that were all pretty raw but it is really tour de force filmmaking and and kudos to Adam McKay and his team for, for pulling off a uh, a really unique way of of interpreting and and showing history Classic Cinema Corner, I just want to give you an update on the Turner Classic Movies Essentials Project that I've, I'm embarking on for 2019. As I've put on my blog, and I'll have links to all this in, in, in the notes on, on, on my blog, I'm reading or rereading a really great book that Turner Classic Movies helped produce a couple of years ago called The Essentials. 52 Must-See Movies and Why They Matter. It's written by frequent TCM collaborator Jeremy Arnold, who's just a great film writer and scholar. And he uh, and, and, and the folks at TCM have compiled this list of 52 movies that aren't, they're not claiming that these are like the 52 best movies ever made, but that they're important and influential and that they'll help you in your you know, in your film going, uh, kind of enhancing your film going repertory. So I started with the first film listed, which was Metropolis. I watched it on New Year's Day. And Metropolis is a 1927 silent film. It's a German film that's directed by uh, Fritz Lang. And Hopefully you've had a chance to see this film. I'll give it a little bit of, a, uh, of, uh, of an overview, but it's, it's, I highly recommend it. If if you are into uh, film history and, and if you uh, don't mind watching silent films. So the story has, it's, Metropolis is set in this segregated dystopian future. Yay, more dystopian future films, right? <laughs> Although this could be considered maybe one of the originals and it's still very very cool but it's one in this dystopian future the wealthy citizens live a life of luxury above ground in this very modern city full of high rises and uh cool transportation and 
and prosperity. And then a large group of people live underground in, and they're uh, enslaved workers. And they are the ones who keep everything running in the city. And they're controlled by uh, at least particularly one evil businessman. But uh, when this businessman's son uh, discovers or learns about the plight of these underground workers, he didn't really know that they even existed, but he he sees a, a woman named Maria who is with a bunch of school children from the underground. And of course he's smitten with her, but also by her message about, uh, again, the bad things that are going on underground with these enslaved people. Uh, he joins forces with her to to uh, launch a rebellion. However, his father, who also is working with this evil scientist, they've got some other stuff in mind. So, don't want to spoil it for you, but that's kind of the, that's kind of how how the, how the plot is. This film has is just well known for its innovative use of composite shots, matte paintings, of uh, really interesting lighting and editing. It's got stunning art direction and production design. Again, both above ground and underground have some really cool elements. One of my one of my favorite sets is this underground church where Maria preaches, but it it just looks so modern yet old, so German, <laughs> uh, just. Really, really, you know, a remarkable and distinctive look. Uh, many moments in the film, also as as this is a, a quote from from Jeremy Arnold in the book, but he says that many of these moments foreshadow the visuals in Hollywood horror films of the 1930s and then film film noir of the 1940s, uh, which are periods in. Uh, that many German filmmakers, including Fritz Lang, the director of Metropolis, would be working in America and incorporating the te their techniques. Because again, many of these European filmmakers um, got out of Europe uh, prior and of course during the war and, and came to work in Hollywood. So another interesting fact about Metropolis is that it had a, it had a very epic running length when it first opened. It was 153 minutes, and it was a it was considered a flop. Like it just did not. It was it, it was not a hit uh, in in Europe, and then in the U.S., Paramount Pictures released an edit. They had cut out an hour from that original 153 minute cut, and. Uh, what resulted, though, was, 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 you know, again, according to Jeremy Arnold in the book, uh, is just that it was totally incoherent, and uh, it really messed up with the film's narrative, of course, but just by chopping out so, so much of it. In 1984, there was a, a, a re-edit uh, of the film released with a pop soundtrack, and... And uh, it gave the film uh, kind of cult pop status. And then uh, in 2002, there were some newly discovered film elements that enabled their restoration uh, 
to the film that was 118 minutes. And that one was, was considered really like the definitive version. However, in 2008, and you know, you know all these dates, but I'm just wanting to be, you know, accurate. In 2008, there was a major discovery. Uh, I believe it, it was in Argentina where they found another print of the film that had uh, a lot of elements that people hadn't, you know, here at least in modern day, had, had, had never seen. So uh, in 2010 then, those, it was about 25 minutes, uh, were added into a cut, and that's now the one that has been circulating. That's the one that I watched, and uh, it was available on uh, on Apple iTunes. I just rented it, but there's also a Blu-ray version, and I'll have links to that on on the uh, podcast notes on the on my blog. And uh, the restoration debuted in Berlin and had its American premiere at the 2011 Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival in Hollywood. So, a uh, brief history of of uh, all these various cuts of Metropolis. But watch that 143 minute one that came out in 2010. I think that's that's considered to be the definitive one now, and it's readily available and definitely worth a watch. Okay, so for recommendations, thinking if you really want to get serious, check out Metropolis. Fascinating film. For films currently in theaters, I think if you haven't already seen it, go see Green Book. It's a real crowd pleaser, and and I think it just I think it really is just solid film. Really terrific performances by Viggo Mortensen, too, and Masharila Ali, and. Then a couple animated films i got to throw in. If you haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that was a really cool, really, really a unique experience. And then, of course, uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios' Ralph Breaks the Internet is still in theaters. And that one's a lot of fun and, and highly recommended. that does it for this week thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week and go have some fun at the movies thanks <laughs>